Hey, it's me, Sienna, back again with another creative episode of The Process. This month, my guest is Hannah Piquet. She's a blues musician and songwriter. And before we get started, I just wanted to remind everyone that it would be so helpful if you could share this episode with someone you think would like The Process. Word of mouth really helps us get the podcast out there and make it so more people can hear these inspiring conversations. So here's how to share the episode on Apple Podcasts. So in the top right corner of your screen, there's three dots. Click those three dots and click share episode. If you're on Spotify listening to the episode, you'll see the little share icon in the bottom right corner of your screen. Click that and then you can copy the link or you can send it by whatever method you want. And last but not least, if you're listening on Buzzsprout, you can click the share icon in the bottom right corner of the play box. I'm so glad you're here listening. Thanks so much for coming back and enjoy the conversation with Hannah PK. So I usually start with asking about what the creative process means to you, but actually I'd like to get even more specific today and start with what is your daily routine? Do you have a daily routine? I definitely start my day with a cup of coffee. Currently it's like half decaf and half regular. I'm very sensitive to caffeine actually, so it was messing my energy level more than it was helping me for a while. So I've been trying to be careful with it. But that is pretty much only routine I can think of. Really? There's no, I mean, I hate to admit, but for me, it's very hard to find just something you always do. Yeah. I actually have been trying to have some routines in the past. Things like I wanted to always start my day with a record on to listen to, you know, or Hmm. go to bed Um, and always write in my diary, you know? I've tried, but I never ended up sticking with it. Yeah. For whatever reason. So something about having some kind of, I'm always going to start my day like this. I'm always going to finish my day like this. I'm almost to the at the point where I might just give up. <laughs> it just doesn't work for maybe me or something. Not, yeah, yeah, it's just not how your body works, um, maybe, yeah. yeah That's, maybe yeah. it's not useful for your life. Right, but I do admire people with certain, you know, ways about their yeah. days. You know, I, I admire them. I even envy them a little bit. Seems mm. like there got to be some peace about it. Is there something, not a routine, but is there something that you do every day that really makes you feel good, like joy? Or... A shower or a bath. Ooh, oh, but yes. I take, oh I take a lot of baths lately. Really? Almost, almost every day or every other day. Also because even Very sometimes cool. showering seems like a lot of work. You have to be standing there. <laughs> so true. <laughs> but a bath yes. is like I can just lay there. And I feel clean after. So, so yeah. yeah, For even for that reason. So that is something I do a lot. Oh, taking my dog out. That's one thing that's been, I think, keeping me from just completely ruining my health. Um, yeah. That's the only time I'm, my butt is not on the surface. <laughs> so. What's that. your dog's name? Dexter. Dexter. Yeah. I know. I saw when you got him on Facebook, yeah. and I was just so excited. So, just moving for like kind of zooming out from the daily routine. Or the non-daily routine, mm-hmm. the daily process of your life. Um, when you're working on creative stuff, which I know you do a lot, what does that look like for you? I guess if we are mainly talking about music right now, whatever then, creative thing you want to talk I, about. Well, yeah, I do like crafty <laughs> stuff and all that, but normally, yeah. I guess 
when it comes to music, you know, I guess mainly I, I've, I think of two things. Practice, okay, practice my instruments and practice my singing and creative things such as, um, I guess, writing songs mm-hmm. or things like that, I guess. But lately, creating something new, like writing songs, have been actually really difficult because I've been just gigging, gigging so much just to, you know, stay afloat for so long. And in, But in fact, this month is the first month in a long time that I've been kind of re-inspired enough to push through even my crazy days and mm. trying to write, I guess, discover something new and things like that. Yeah, That's amazing. How do you do that? When you're having your crazy day, like how do you convince yourself that it's a good idea to write a song or to sit down and do something creative? So, you know, I know that a lot of people who write a lot of songs, they kind of seem to be doing it on a very regular basis. And I even understand some people even say, I'm going to write a song today and sit down and do it. Right. But I always have been only writing songs when it comes to me. I saw that. I saw that you said it was songwriting is just the extent of writing a diary, which I liked because it shows it's like more organic for you. Right, yeah. right. And it's been like that. And so once in a while, you know, they're strong enough of a line or ideas that I will actually work off of that. But I think in a way I have missed a lot of opportunities to write songs because I don't just try hard enough. Interesting. But this month... I kind of found a very interesting things that almost seems like it's cliche, my sound. It's almost like I have to have a, some kind of crazy turmoils for me to have that, you know, door open again almost, you know? Yeah. It doesn't sound that wild. Right. I and I, I had a real yeah. uh, meltdown a couple of weeks ago. And I was just like driving for hours, just crying, you know? Mm. And then... So funny how like a song idea comes to my mind, but the song was actually a happy song. It wasn't even a sad song. Interesting. So I found myself, I mean, crying, like ugly crying and yeah. stopped grabbing my phone, singing this song that came to my mind that's a happy song. Wow. To, to not lose it, right? Yeah, yeah. So for like half an hour. So you're just crying and singing And then suddenly I'm, song. you know, la, 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 and then working on that song for half an hour oh to work it out as much as I can think of putting it away, driving again, and start crying again. I mean, it was, and it was almost embarrassing to almost try to observe myself outside of my own body. Like, what is this stupid, crazy, stupid <laughs> person? You know, I mean, oh, wow. I wrote one and a half song in that trip. Wow. Um, during that trip was interesting to me that, you know, just the way a song comes to you, you know? I mean, I definitely have written sad songs when I was sad too, but it was almost, it was interesting. It's almost like the crying and like the despair and the sadness is actually like opening up room mm-hmm. for other emotions to come through. That's what happens to me sometimes, at least. Yeah, because sometimes when you're fighting to not fall. Exactly. You're, you're also fighting ho- all the You joy. have all that tension yes. built up and you're just kind of trying to hold it together just and that's all your right all your energy is being spent on yeah exactly but right now i see the importance of writing and really discovering more that's within myself so right now it's a very hard time for me because i have a lot of gigs already booked as much as i appreciate every single gig 
it's hard to do like 20 gigs a month. For sure. I looked at your schedule. It's pretty And that's tight. only the yeah. public gigs. I do a lot of nursing home gigs, a lot of right. retirement home gigs. So there are a lot more that you don't see, actually. Wow. So right now, my plan is to just get through it as best as I can. And But I'm looking forward to some time off in January, which I haven't had in a, like, I don't know. I feel like, as, as you know, since I started performing, oh, wow. I haven't learned how to take time off. Because it's always have, have not have learned. Have not mm. learned. Mm. Yeah, and I really have not done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. It's really hard to stop because yeah. you have this momentum. Right, so maybe always like, oh, maybe this summer, maybe next fall, uh-huh. next spring. And I keep putting it off, thinking that right now because I'll just get through this much, I'll get through that much. And then I, I recognize it's really now uh, necessary. What have been things that you've been feeling recently that have kind of led you to be like, it's now or never, I need to take a break? Oh, well, that incident was one. Okay, yeah. And I've been really trying to still just tell myself that I can do better with my day. Speaking of, you know, going even going back to routines, like I could gig, but, you know, gig is okay. It's a still few hours on my day. I got all this rest of the day. I could do this and that and that. Uh-huh. But the reality was it takes so much energy out of me and there are always constant correspondence with the clients and just, you know, updating website, promoting the shows. Yes. All that things going on. Reality is I just wasn't able to do all these other things that's right. important to me. So, you know, when you keep trying... And it just doesn't work again and again and again. And at some point, then you know you have to change the method. Right. Something has to budge. I want to hear, like, what does performing make you feel like when you're doing it? What's the thing that you love about it? I feel very... It really surprised me when this started happening that I feel just very natural. So it's not like I'm excited. It's fun. I mean, obviously, that's part of it. What I like the most about it is the peace that comes with just being mm. it, that I don't have to try to be anything. And that's what really surprised me, actually, because at first, just the idea of playing and singing in front of people were terrifying. Right, right. So I used to, <laughs> I had a couple of incidents where I really was getting a, like an anxiety attack, mm. like enough that I had to lay down in a van because I was so nervous. Before or after? Or Oh, so before, before I, yeah, okay. right. Oh, man, and yeah. it was like a little, like, I just had to sing a few Christmas songs in a nursing home. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I was that nervous right, about it. So there was right. a dead time. But once I wow. got past that, yeah. when I perform, like, I never think about what I'm going to say to my audience. I don't even often think about a set list. Mm. So I feel like things just kind of happen very, very organically on stage. So that's when I feel the most peaceful. You know, that's kind of, I think, what gave me the sense of maybe I should be doing this, you know? Right. Because um, it's not like, I love performing. I, it's so fun to... Yeah, it wasn't like you that know, It first, wasn't like right? that. Yeah, it wow. wasn't. Even now, it's not like gigging is so fun. That's why I'm going to do it. It's just hmm. performing feels right. Hmm. You know, or more like I feel like I'm 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 just being who I am. Wow. Like I don't have to try to be something. That's more what I feel when That's I perform. That's so awesome. I'm so glad that you get to feel that. Yeah, you know? it's been interesting. It it surprised me because I didn't 
know what it was gonna be like for me. Right. And I try not to be a musician for so long. <laughs> I really try. Yeah, I try yeah, hard. Yeah. So you got a business degree, right? Mm-hmm, right. Like undergrad or did undergrad? You get, yeah. So you got your undergrad in business. I'm so curious. Did that? Do you feel like that was worth it to get for you? Um, do you feel like it's helped you? Well, it helped me in a sense that when I moved here. The degree still counted as something. So, you know, when I was getting, you know, looking for a job and stuff like that, it's still, you know, I was qualified for certain jobs I could apply for, you know, know, so that in that sense, it helped. And as you moved into music, well, the thing is, in the first place, the only reason I went to school for that was because I was very young, uh, growing up a very small town. And I was growing up with my mother having to support me and my brother. So I always felt this pressure that I should go to college solely to get a good job mm-hmm. so that I can pay back all of her efforts. Mm. Um, I wanted to actually go to college for philosophy wow. or, or or maybe maybe law, not to be a lawyer, actually, just to just study. The law. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And uh, yeah, interestingly, yeah. my mom cons- was concerned about the law school because of how many years you might end up studying. Oh, and, before you got the job right, and made the money. Uh, um, hmm. And she thought maybe I could go with the easier route. The thing is, like, since I was a little kid, nobody really pressured me into anything. I was always the kid, kind of kid, just like I just did what I had to do. Mm. So it wasn't like, you know, maybe people might imagine typical Asian parents that are like really pressure, pressure. It wasn't that kind of thing at all. Uh, both of my parents would ultimately be okay with whatever I do. It was more my own guilt and my own, you know, thing that I felt that my mom's working from, you know, 7 a.m. till midnight every day. She had a restaurant? Is that? Yeah, she ran it herself. So it's, she yeah. did everything, you know, yeah, from yeah. early in the morning. Uh, shopping to cooking to delivery to washing dishes to closing uh, I mean everything oh so watching wow. that struggle I just couldn't imagine doing something just solely because this is what I want to do right so I went to business school and it was a struggle you know it wasn't really for me at all I I, tr- I, I was always still like someone that like would study hard when the exam comes to stay overnight and just you know so I wasn't Struggling in the sense that I was like getting like D or anything, right? But really, it was I knew it wasn't for me. So because of the experience, I tend to tell kids to go to school for what they really believe that they're born to do. Really? Even though yeah. it's hard to know, you know, a lot of times you just don't know when you're that young. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I was gonna ask like, what would you recommend to a young person? Because not always. I think it's school. okay if you don't know yet. You yes, know, right? But I think is. I personally don't really like to see someone so young, like 18-year-old kids, thinking that they have to worry about a job. I mean, I know it's a completely opposite to what the world would say. <laughs> it is, but... But thing yeah, is, yeah. I think the success will come if the one choose to do what they're going to be so good at. Yeah. And they're going to be loving it, doing it. Like, right. I think then, then life will work out. Hmm. then solely, you know, like, I'm going to make this decision because apparently this is a trend and this is going to get me a good job. I think only a few people will be happy doing that, you know, maybe, you know. There are probably certain personality that will be completely fine with that scenario too. But it will be a shame if it's so obvious this kid is so good at this or, you know, he might discover, she might discover that they're going to really love doing this. 
and it's kind of it 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 makes me sad that if a little kid just thinking only thinking about in terms of money 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 you know mm. you came over to the united states in your 20s is that yeah, true okay like after college you, right. after college mm-hmm. you came over you had a bunch of jobs how did you transition into i know you've talked about this in other interviews like you you went to an open jam and you went to right. an open mic and you had those experiences and you kind of opened your eyes to being a musician but i'm curious like internally how did you transition from kind of the identity of i have these jobs to I am a musician. So, yeah, once I started going to these jam sessions and stuff, right. it was just, at that point, was that it was fun. Right, yeah. You know, I still had nine to five job to worry about. Then I got, like, a one gig or something. And then mm-hmm. I started actually having my gig. And then I realized getting better at it became really important. Mm. Like, a wanting to be good at it. Yeah. got became really, really so important. I wanted to learn as much as I can. I wanted to listen to as much music as I can related to what I wanted to learn. You know, it, at the time, or even now, a blues and jazz, and I didn't grow up listening to those. So there's so many records to catch up. Mm-hmm. And so it started being frustrated that I was sitting at a cubicle job when I want to practice. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. The once I started, just that I wanted to practice. Mm. Just so I just wanted to practice. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome! Yeah, <laughs> I love hearing that. Yeah, I, it wasn't even yeah. that I want to go on a tour. I right. want to become a musician. You just wanted to play. I wanted to get good at it. I yes. wanted to be a better piano player. I wanted to learn songs. I wanted to you know, listen to records so that I I learn more about this beautiful thing I just discovered. You know, so that was I think real transition. And then the frustration came from that I don't have enough time to practice. Because gigging, so cool. you can do gigs uh, while having that job because I did. Sometimes I just had to, some once in a while, get out of work a couple of hours earlier. Mm-hmm. I would load it in the morning, get gears in my car, and I'll go to the gig. And right. after work, did that. If I didn't care about getting much better, and I got uh-huh. some pop songs I learned, people like it just fine at the bar and a restaurant, yep. I think I would have been fine keeping the job and gigging. Because because I'll make good money and still have go out and have fun playing. Maybe have a, even one. I could probably handle one or two gigs a week, even it's Friday right. night, Saturday night. Right? Would have been fine, but it didn't work anymore because I wanted to be better at it, which so means it, which means a lot more time needed than just go out and gigs. With my level of enjoyment from gigging was a lot more like just fun thing. I think I would have been having an American dream, right? Like living, <laughs> living American dream, you know, with a, right. you know, three bedroom house with attached garage and, uh, you know, car seat that gets heated, heated up or whatever. I mean, but you know, mm-hmm. for me, music wasn't just fun. Yeah, music is like a deeper, more focused discipline. It sounds like for you. Yeah, and I got to the point where in my however many years I have in my life, I could die tomorrow. I guess technically, I felt that I would feel good if I at least knew I tried really hard to be a better musician, and I at least that's one thing I'll feel good about. So it became just yes. really important to me. Yeah, yeah, that's really inspiring to hear. Honestly, like. What I'm interested in with this podcast is like the process, you know, it's called the process and it's really inspiring to hear like how connected you are to the process of practicing and the process of learning because that's like what it all is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you for 
saying that. That was really helpful. Oh, thank you for your album that you just put out last year. So just about a year ago. Oh, yeah. Almost exactly wow. a year Feels ago. Feels like a long time ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So that album, you recorded it with a band. And is this true? This might not be true. Tell me if it's not. They got there like, and you had never rehearsed with them before. Right. And you just were like, okay, guys, here's the key. Here's the form. Right. Let's play it. Was, yeah, is that true? Yeah, a lot true? of th- times I think the blues record's kind of that way. But yeah. That's and, amazing. Yeah, because I, I got to do that because of the producer I met. And he just wanted to help me out by putting me on his label so that, you know, at least I get, I get to be, my record can be dis- distributed nationally you right. know, with his help. Is so, this Booga? Yeah, Booga Music Booga by Booga Kenny Neal. Yeah, okay. And he doesn't um, produce a lot of artists on the label. There have been only three, four people maybe. So I kind of just went along with whatever he said, you know, I mean, because yeah. it was a great opportunity, you know. So pretty much, yeah, I, t- I gave him all the home recordings of songs I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Went down there. He picked out a drummer and bass player for me. Yeah, and uh, we met. We had we spent three days in the studio, but the band and I only spent two days in the studio. Wow. But not all day because there were so many activities there. Really? It's really funny, yeah. <laughs> he was like, my project was taking a lot of business calls and oh there will be like... Some people stop in by and say, "Hey, Kenny, Kenny, I got, I got a Christmas song for you." Oh and then suddenly, God. like, we have to stop the session and hear them out. <laughs> and then this guy come in and st- singing like Christmas song that he wrote <laughs> that he wants to sell. And then there That's will so be funny. some random people stopping by and say, and like they would, you know, rake the leaves if he will buy, <laughs> he will buy him a case, you know, buy him a a bottle of beer or oh something. And then those things are all happening at the same time. So it wow. was like, it was not like a lot of hours in there. So yeah, we met and the, oh. the musicians were great, luckily. And I just had to act like I wasn't nervous, you know, because mm-hmm. the hardest part was in a way, the you know, Kenny to me, he's like my hero. He's someone that I look up to. So playing and singing in front of him was kind of a difficult thing than me like, I'm producing this album, I hire people, I go into studio, okay, I'm the boss and I just do it. Uh-huh. It was almost more nerve-wracking that he's watching it and he's, you know? Yeah. So I had I to do. just, I just had to kind of like, well, he's here because he believes in this project. So right. I just had to just like, I just do it, you know? Then yeah. one third day, we did vocals for all tracks and that was it. I never oh got to gosh. fix it or anything. Like, yeah. So... I just think that shows so much confidence on your part. You know what I mean? That you felt confident going in there and just directing. Well, this I band. didn't feel confident. Okay, I just, so, right, I just, yeah, but so I know what you mean. I just you didn't had to feel do it. confident, but you. I had to fake the confidence. confidence. <laughs> right. <laughs> I had to just. Uh, I had to just fake it to my own self that right. I, I can do this. You um, had that authority like aura about you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I just had to do it. That's right. all. I mean, I had no yeah. choice. Like, well, I had to. I have to do this. You know, I, I have to do this. I can't. But it was scary at first yeah so we recorded that in 2020 january of 2020 oh, wow so by the time it was out it was almost two years later yeah and that's one of the few reasons i have hard time listening to it because that's so long ago for yes. me that i practice so much since then yeah just like you were you know to me i feel like kind of like i guess like the butterfly comes out of a a caterpillar kind. Of, I mean, you 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 yes, you yes. you leaving your shell, uh-huh. but you are always evolving, you know. 
And I think in the perspectives of fans' perspective, I think recordings is fun because you get to hear that whenever you want to. But when you are the one that recorded that, you are not the one that necessarily, I mean, at least for me, listening to it and, oh, that was great. Like, I mean, I, I, that's in the past now. Mm. And this is like a horrible thing to say because I want to promote my CDs and say, everybody, please listen to CD. And I right, want right. them to I'm do sure that. I'm sure they will anyway. <laughs> so for me, it's it was a struggle when it finally came out. Like, right. I don't know about this. Like, you know, because it's yeah. two years ago from that point, And now it's three years ago. Yeah. But then at the same time, I also realized there are some stuff I did on the piano that I'll probably never do it again. Uh-huh. I mean, well, not probably. I can never play like that mm. again. Because, you know, when I solo, I don't use licks to solo. I just, like, I just play yeah. whatever melodies that come. So there are some that I did that I actually do like, and I go, well, I'll never be able to do it. Yeah, or, that was a moment yeah. in time. Yes, right, it's yeah. with the same musician. We, we're never going to be doing this exact same thing ever again, and it's a, it's a precious thing. It, some, it just got captured. Yeah. So I... I try to have, you know, more perspectives than, oh, gosh, like, I don't want to hear myself. Like, right, you know? right. Yeah, it's also a special moment that you preserved. Right, yeah. right. And it was hmm. just such a great experience to be working with Kenny and this musician and just being in Louisiana for the first time. You know, so when I was done recording the CD, mm-hmm. I feel like I became a better musician at that point. Ooh, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I totally hear that. Kenny Neal, who's the owner of Booga mm-hmm. Music Label, said, My first impression of Hannah is that she was very interested in music itself. The blues itself. I mean, there wasn't something else like jumping on the bandwagon. Instead, it was something sincere, like from the heart. Which I was just... It's just so cool because you're talking about him as your hero and here he is like really seeing you and I think that's so special. How did he get you to Louisiana for this album? Like, how is that kind of the communication with him? How did that go beforehand? So the first time I met him was when I was in Memphis for um, some type of like a blues competition-y thing that they do once a year. Is uh, this the thing that you like got the semifinal? Yeah. That was, okay, so yeah. wait, just so, so people know what's it called. Uh, International Blues Challenge. Yes. So there, how it works is there are... Lo- there are local challenges happen once a year and then whoever gets picked to represent their area uh, gets to go to Memphis. And I only did this because I thought, okay, this thing is happening in Buffalo and a lot of blues fans going to come. So I thought we will just get to know people by uh, by participating. Yes, yes. So that's really all. There were many teams that year. Wow, so you weren't even like I want to compete and like win. Oh, I didn't just, yeah, I there was I wow. mean, I honestly thought there's no way I will win because also I always thought that rock blues tend to be uh, more popular and uh-huh. I don't really do rock blues. So right. even just, you know, really thinking it through not like going into competition thinking I'll lose, but yeah. I just, you know, I just thought... That just wasn't the goal. Right, yeah. that wasn't my, my thinking at all. Hmm. And I thought, uh, we will get to know some Buffalo people. Maybe we'll get a gig out of it or something. That's, you yeah. know, the most. Yeah. So well, I was really surprised when when they called our name. So we got to go to Memphis. That's when I met Kenny for the first time. But I met him really briefly. So I just told him, ah, I'm a big fan. Like, I really love your music. And that was it. That was my first interaction with him. And then a few months later, I met him again in Depew, New York. 
Okay. At a show, he was headlining it, and I was one of the acts. So I saw him again, and luckily he at least remembered me. Yeah. From you know just briefly meeting in Memphis. So at that time, he had me sit in with his band. So I played like half the song with him. Yeah, you sit in. Yeah, so that was cool. <gasps> That's so fun. So so That's then really that was our second interaction, you know. Yeah. And then we became Facebook friends, and it's nice. so funny how sometimes Facebook friends can go so far. So what <laughs> happened is, he saw one of my videos that I posted on the Facebook. The one of you in the storage unit. Yeah, yes. and he. Yes. Ca- it was so funny. I still remember. I was in a hotel room in Milwaukee, and I was just like, you know, oh, something. You know, Kenny commented something. I looked at it, and he said, "I really like what you're doing. If you want to record." Um, in Louisiana, uh, you should come on down, give me a call. And he left his cell phone number <gasps> right on the comments. So oh first thing I did God. was hide the comment. So that <laughs> <laughs> even though I want to like tell, you know, show the whole world that yeah, he commented yeah. that I thought, oh, I don't know if he really meant to share his phone number with right, the world. Right. So like, oh man, I want this comment to be out, but like, I, you know, I hit it. And then, that's so cool though. And then I remember calling him just right away. I yeah, thought, yeah, well, I better just call him. Yeah. Then during that phone call, we actually set up a time. Oh my God. We actually, he said, yeah, you know, I'd like you to come. And, and then we set up a week in January. Wow. Uh, so we say, okay, that date work. And, and I hung up the phone. Got, we got off the phone and I remember running in circle in the hotel room. Holy shit! Like, oh wow! Like you know, then that's when I got really excited. Like Katie wow. Dale wants me to come down, yeah. and like, of course that was really exciting. Oh my! So that's gosh. how it came about. Yeah. Wow. Well, I just want to kind of give a shout out to this album because not only is it like really really great songs and amazing performances, but it also got number thirteen. On the Billboard Top U.S. Blues albums, yeah, which that is was, ridiculously cool. You know, I I learned some few tricks. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, so, uh, but that was that was great, and yeah. uh, you know, so many people helped me to to make that happen. But like, honestly, how I made it happen is all because of local fans. Mm. That's what's amazing about it. It's actually the local fans buying my CDs. Right. They're really the ones push this. their numbers. Yes. Because wow. uh, how they do it is just how many CDs you sell within certain time pe- uh-huh. period. We, I had no idea about any of this, and I'm happy to share with anybody who asks, you know, because uh, I didn't know, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing about having a label that they kind of educate you on a few things. But really... Everything I, I've accomplished so far is really largely because of people in Rochester. So even that stat is because everybody who's been following me actually went and bought the CD. That's so awesome. Yeah. So can we talk about the things that are behind the scenes that someone watching you perform might not think about? What are you spending your time on besides the performance? Oh, agonizing. (laughs) Agonizing. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of my days. When I do things, it's very slow because of Mm. that. So for Mm. me, making a simple one photo poster, I want to, not even a poster really, picking a photo to advertise a show Uh on something simple like Facebook, maybe 50 people would see sometimes cost me a couple of hours mm. because I overthink, me too. you know? Me too. Me too. I don't I don't do things so quickly. 
Like last night, I had a show where I had to learn two songs I never performed before. And normally, I don't really take requests, but it was something that I agreed to do. Mm-hmm. And instead of just getting it done and, and, and then I'm ready, for days and weeks leading into it, I think, oh, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, but I can't get it started. So though that's one. Yep. So something yep. that really could have taken two hours to me feels like it took two weeks. I'm laughing because I relate to that so yeah, much. That kind it's of thing. so relatable. Yeah, and then just, you know, every uh, single email that right. I might email back to someone, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of, just it's just everything I do, It's it takes a long time and it yeah. gets takes a lot of energy out of me and it's a learning process because mm. over the years I think I got better though. It takes a, just a little less of me to do simple things than you used to. yeah. So there's been a progress, you know. Do you know why that happened? Is it just practice? Like you just practice doing it? I think yeah, I guess when you've done it, you know. And yeah. also I intentionally want to be better about it because I, I right. do realize just just how much energy and that amount is I recognize it's not necessarily reasonable. Mm. And it's kind of not always productive. Mm-hmm. I think there has to be some better ways that I can just take care of my business side without that just wears me out, you know, emotionally so much to the point I cannot do all the other things. So, yeah. For me, I've been realizing recently that a big growth point for me is perfectionism. Like, I mm-hmm. really am a huge perfectionist. I think a lot, lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's part of the reason it takes me so long to do things. Is mm-hmm. that part of it for you or is yes, it Yes, yes. Okay. Even a, mm. a choice of a word that I used in an email would bug me for year even you know and especially English being my second language there's that that extra pressure always for me um so yeah and people do say when you're a perfectionist it's harder to get it started because you know what it means I still want to be better about it you know I still don't want to just be what this is how I am and just struggle through life and I mean I want to I want to be able to stay a little more productive than I have been, but it's a struggle. Yeah. So I always feel guilty. Mm. Like always feel guilty that I'm not doing enough. But then if I actually step outside of my own self and see what I've been doing, then I've done a lot, but then yes. I barely feel that way ever. You know, I always oh, feel yeah. guilty. There's oh this gosh. like a guilt that I carry all the time. This is so exactly what I'm going through. I don't know how to get rid of the guilt, but it's there. Right, and that's why I, I also knew like I need like a month off. Right. But then I say a month off, but then there's already <laughs> some work that's getting in, in there, right, you know, like right, right. So. Well, that's what's hard about it is because you're your own boss. I mean, that's really cool too, but it's also difficult because you're the one that decides when you work and when you don't. So if you, mm-hmm. there's no one else dictating anything, right? Right, right. And so actually it's funny, I even I even refer to January as I'm going to take January off. Uh-huh. But now I realize what I mean is I'm not gigging in January, but I'm oh, going to be doing all the other work. Interesting. So see, that's like, that's, I think, some problem I'm having in a way. Like, I yeah. I think of my time off as, okay, I'm not gigging, so now I, I can do X, Y, and Z, but I realize that's all work-related too. Because right. I'm thinking about updating my website, working on pr- new press kit, yeah. contacting people for hopefully getting some gigs out, outside Rochester. That's what I'll be doing in Roch- uh, in January. Right, so so still work, that's actually not taking time off. Yeah, it's just that I won't be making any money. Right. <laughs> 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 the only difference is 
you're not making money. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, eventually, I really want a real vacation. Right. That I'm, you know, that I won't be making money, yeah. but I also won't be working. <laughs> but, right. Well, but maybe I, this is the first step. This right. First right. Step. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. 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 But it's just it's really funny smart. that I say, oh, yeah, I'm going to take January off. Like, no, I'm not. Like, <laughs> I only realized while talking, like, oh, it means, like, I'm not making any money in January. Right. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You talk really openly about your mental health, which I think is so cool. Like, I think it's important for people to hear that because it often feels like people struggling with mental health, me included, are we're like, alone and no one else is going through this mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that. And then the... The question I have about it is what keeps you going when you're in a place that's like a dark spot or the crazy days that you talk about? Like, is there any wisdom that you found that you can kind of like hold on to? Oh, wow. You know, that's obviously something I'm trying to figure it out. The reason I started talking a little more openly about my struggles is because I do realize that sometimes we just get to see people so together, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I, I've been actually feeling kind of sorry that people started actually really worrying about me and I thought uh, yeah. I thought though how much I I put it out there is kind of subtle enough that I didn't think uh people will be worrying but people will be like reaching out like Aww. hey checking on you like yeah. let me know like so I just like I kind of don't want to make people really <laughs> worried either yeah so I, I, I got I gotta be careful with that I mm. realized that um mm-hmm. but it was just just simply wanting to communicate that everybody has something going on and I, yeah. and that's one thing I love about other people and people are freaking resilient all these people you yes. just never know and one time somebody told me that they thought I just grew up with some rich parents and they sent me to music school they had this idea of me wow so it just also made me think about it you know that what people see might be very different than What's really going on? So mm. how do I get through it? I think I'm super emotional, but I also am super logical, rational. You know, I think I have both sides of that. Well, I think I'm also lucky. Why mm. is because when I'm really, really down, even though I was very close to being almost like self-destructive, I myself always felt like I knew I'm almost too much of a wimp to kill myself. I mean, it's a serious issue, but I, I realized... Yeah. I mean, I was really close, but like I, hmm. I feel like in deep in my heart, I know that I won't. Then I even think about just how much pain these people have that they do go through with it, and it breaks my heart. Yeah. But for me, I always end up. You know what? There's just no other way but just getting better. Like I mean, there's just no other yeah. way. Okay, I hit the bottom right. again. Just logically. There's yeah. just no other way but just get better. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of one way. Hmm. And music really helps for me because even this, you know, when I was struggling earlier this month, every Mondays at the little cafe as my residency, and yeah. it was really important to me. Yeah. No, even though I was like rolling on the floor crying, mm-hmm. but tomorrow I got to do this thing and I yeah. got to do this thing well. Yeah. And it was really important to me. Hmm. So it got me up again. Yeah. So that like promise of having to show up. Yeah, yeah, and then something that's important to me, and right now music is important to me. Also, I do recognize that if I fail at this, I will be in a much worse place. You know, and that you know, logically realizing that helps too. But I think you just have to somehow find everything that can help. It could be sometimes just a friend that you can see, 
could be music. It could be anything, really. You know, yeah, it could be. It could be a dog. Dexter. I mean, I had an interesting conversation with a bunch of fans online about me breaking a mug out of just frustration. I saw that post. So it's a picture of a crane on a bookshelf with a couple of orange pieces of a mug, broken pieces. And Hannah wrote this. November started with a real setback in my spiritual journey and healing. In the midst of the turmoil, I did something I had never done before. Acting on a violent thought, I threw a mug so hard it broke into pieces. Today, a dustpan full of those broken pieces that I had just set aside in my kitchen reminded me of this incident. Before I tossed them in the trash, I picked out two of the broken pieces to use as a reminder to hold on to my sanity. Looking at them, they're even kind of pretty. <laughs> the mug was just an ordinary mug that came with a bottle of whiskey. Now the broken pieces of it bring a meaning, a message, and even a little bit of ugly beauty. Gotta love that ugly beauty. <laughs> it's weird to hear it. You hear you saying what I wrote. You know, it's like <laughs> I can imagine it must be really weird. <laughs> I mean, not weird in a bad way. It's like it was no, interesting. Yeah, yeah. but I, I that really hit me when I saw that. Like the ugly beauty thing. It's really yeah. yeah. Gotta gotta just shoot for another day, I suppose. Just shoot, yeah. shoot for another day. Yeah. Then thank you for having me. Uh, you know, giving me an opportunity to talk about things with you uh, yeah yeah it's been nice thank you yeah my pleasure thank you for doing for continuing to write music and perform i'm gonna put in the show notes all of your shows and your album so people can go support you and buy your album and all the good stuff awesome thank you all so much for listening to this conversation about creativity life process and bathing instead of showering <laughs> I really appreciate all of you. Don't forget to join me on Patreon if this podcast is bringing value to your life. You'll find me at patreon.com slash Sienna Process, S-I-E-N-A Process. A bunch of you have already joined and it's so helpful helping me pay for the editing and the hours I spend interviewing people and all the research I do and the microphones and all that stuff. And if you want to learn more about Hannah BK and buy her incredible blues album, the link is in the show notes. The Process is presented by Rochester Groovecast. This podcast is edited by Jessica Liu and Sienna Facciolo, produced by Sienna Facciolo. Our theme music is written and performed by Sienna Facciolo, Chris Palace, and Jordan Rabinowitz, featuring Sally Louise on guitar, mixed by Chris Palace, mastered by Jet Galindo. See you next month. Sending hugs.